All right. Welcome back to episode 25 of the 20 Pages Book Club. On today's episode, we finish 1453, uh, finishing up chapters 13 to the end. Uh, we also talk through a quick weekend recap. Uh, we give our score for the book, see where it ranks. I'm interested to see where this one falls. Um, then, instead of a competition for this segment, um, we will be doing, we will be listing the nominations for the, the Pages, our award show, which will be our next meeting. Um, super excited about that. And then between Christian and Kevin, we will wheel for the next book. Looking forward to another great episode. Let's go. All right. Welcome back. Episode 25. Look at us. We made it to episode 25. Um, yeah. So, like I said, we've got a lot to talk about this meeting. So, why don't we get get started off with a quick weekend recap. Christian, start us off. Oh, God. I didn't want to start because I don't really have anything. Friday, didn't do much. Yesterday, we watched the fights. Um, it's a good card. I wouldn't put it at as one of the best cards of the year, but it was, uh, it was solid. Um, that's all I have. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, go ahead. Um, some buddies were in town. My brain is just in a fog right now. How I went out for a little, I stayed well past my, uh, well past my time at the bar last night. And then all of a sudden I didn't want to go out at all. And then all of a sudden it's closing time. And I'm like, what is happening? Um, had some buddies in town. We had a Christmas get together on Friday. And then what did I even do yesterday? I've been training. I started my actual training for my half marathon. Goal time is hour 30. So working towards that, put down like 30 something miles this week, I think. And then another tons of miles on the bike. I don't even know how many. So that's actually pretty fun getting to run with a lot of different people in the Dubuque area. Um, yeah, that's about it. Tyler. What is, what is pace for hour 30? Is it seven minutes? It's like six fifty two, maybe. I really want to go below one thirty, but I'm just setting my goal at one thirty Cause currently my fastest ever is with you at like one forty five. Yeah. So a sub that'd be a sub three hour marathon too. Yeah. That'd be a cool, cool thing to do except like the running the first half of the marathon at that speed and then running the second half of that speed is probably not feasible but yeah i don't know um it's boston qualifying time there's some people yeah. that are not human that do that one of my i went skiing last weekend yeah with one of the guys that used to race at loris and he qualified for boston and he's racing in it this year with his girlfriend i was asking him about like his training regimen and it's just insane like how many yeah. bikes like he literally bikes like 20 to 30 miles a day i'm like dude what i feel like but, you have to be committed to solely cardio for like two or three years to qualify for that race and that's a lot maybe one day i want maybe. I'd, I'd like to do it i haven't actually made it a goal but maybe oh there's jared all right tyler you got the floor. All right. Uh, 
really exciting weekends. Not really, but uh, I had dinner at Niche in Geneva yesterday for my dad's birthday. Uh, it, was, it was really good. I don't know if you guys have ever ate there. Happy birthday, Dave. Uh, happy birthday, Dave. Thanks for listening. Yeah, Dave. I know, I know he's not listening. <laughs> uh yeah no it was really nice it's you know it's an upscale restaurant so it's expensive and um i wasn't blessed for it thankfully um i was gonna say is it on the is it on the promotion promotion tab no it's not on the promotion tab unfortunately uh, promotion doesn't start till january 1st um but mm. um yeah no it was nice it was a really nice restaurant they have like they have like 200 whiskeys to choose from it was like overwhelming um so it's like a good place we should go in there sometime and just have a glass it's, it's a cool place maybe maybe we'll rent it out for the pages maybe it's in the budget we gotta check our budget uh, uh we have a revenue shortfall though um <laughs> then I, I i drove home i watched the ufc fights with christian and his girlfriend um you know they were they were decent it wasn't a great card when i wasn't a bad card so um, always entertaining. I thought you were talking about Christian and his girlfriend when you said they were decent. <laughs> like what? <laughs> They're okay people. No. Um, and then Nebraska plays for the national championship today, so um, I got to mentally prepare myself for that. Um, I'm very excited. Wait. Did they not Tuesday? No, the national championship is today at 2 p.m. Very excited. Who's in it? It's Nebraska, like Nebraska. versus Texas. Dude, didn't they play last? Lost. Yeah, I know that was a rebound. Texas beat Wisconsin. Legacy game. Legacy game. So it's over. All the marbles here. Our entire team is returning next year. So pray for the league. Um, we have like four oh. freshmen starting. So I was so drunk last night that they were playing a rerun of a Nebraska Texas. Was there a championship like back in the day between the two of them? Yeah. I thought that was like the championship this year because I knew they were they were in the national championship and they were playing a rerun, so I just assumed that was the actual game. Yeah, and they swept them three zero. I was like, damn! I was gonna text you, and then I was like, eh, I don't want to hear about Nebraska. I I would have thought you're jinxing me. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's the state I was in last night. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, they had like the old graphic on the bottom from like the really old NCAA like football games. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully by the end of today, Nebraska has its future quarterback as well. So hopefully it's a good day for the Huskers. We're hoping so. Uh, if not, then you'll see me on the bottom of the Fox River. All right, Jared, how was your actually, actually, I'd like to just say congrats already to Nebraska for being the national championship. Volleyball national championship. Yep. Congrats, Nebraska. That's a, that's a jinx attempt. And congrats on them winning it next year as well. Probably the best team I've ever seen play so i'm i'm super excited to be celebrating with tyler come next week they're the only team i've ever seen play so also the best team i've ever seen play wait till i'm yelling out there christian i'll be gone oh yeah you're with tyler's gonna be on his knees screaming at the tv (laughs) all right always jared uh yeah, what did I do this weekend? Oh, I did my holiday shopping, which I like is the worst thing possible. Me and me and Ariana went uh, shopping at Oak Brook, and it was I wanted to die. It was like pouring rain and just like miserable. And like we, you know how it goes. Like you have to go into every single store, and like I already got my stuff, and I was like, 
can we just please leave? But nevertheless, I I suffered through it. Um, but we watched some Christmas movies the other day, uh, or yesterday. But yeah, it was pretty chill for me. Just kind of had a long week of work, so didn't want to do too much this weekend. But yeah, excited for this meeting. So why don't we get right into it? I think we left off at chapter 13. I don't remember the the how we broke up the chapters, but I am on chapter thirteen duty. Excited. All right, Kevin. Then I'll hand it off to you to to leave us off. Before we get in, though, if you haven't listened to the first two uh, meetings, go back, listen to them because we will catch you up on what you may have missed, uh, and we don't want to spoil the ending of the book. Even though spoiler, uh, is, uh, Constantinople falls. So nice. Damn. All right, Kevin, All right. take us away. Tyler, do you have the document up? I do. Do you approve my the line I have highlighted? It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Chapter 13. Remember the date, May 27th through the 28th, 1453. A brown man with a turban and a carpet? A red apple? I didn't realize this book was a hybrid of Snow White and Aladdin. Two great Disney movies. On May 27th, Mehmet ordered more firing on the wall. The land wall had fallen, the moat was filled, and the few defenders inside the city were scarce. Mehmet gave his men a speech equivalent to the 1450s version of Why Not Us? And because Constantine refused to surrender the city, and in accordance with Islamic law, Mehmet promised his soldiers three days of pillaging. Roger Crowley again mentions the psychological effects of the Ottoman army paying their atonement outside the walls by praying, lighting candles, and playing music. The cannon fire continued. Gistiani caught a literal ricochet shot that was lodged into his chest. I'm guessing this will play a part in what's to come since this little section just ends with him being tended to in his bed. On May 28th, the Ottomans unleashed a full-force artillery attack. The Met and his men wanted to fulfill the prophecy that was mentioned. I didn't write down what that prophecy was, but it was the prophecy about uh, how they will basically take the bill, take the city. Mehmet rode around one final time to hype up his boys before returning to his tent to rest. Gistiani was redeployed by his boys at the reboot van, popped a chug jug, and ushered himself to the front lines to lead the men once again in the repair and defense of the wall. Inside the walls, Constantine gave his ragtag group his own speech that mirrored Mehmet's. He tried to find the call to action for all the different groups of people residing in Constantinople. The last day was used to try and make repairs and, the assign and to assign troops to the wall prior to the upcoming siege. Both sides continued to make their preparations by eating and saying more prayers. As the sun set and the darkness of the night's shadow casted over the land, that was pretty sick by me, the Ottoman army got in position for the attack as the Byzantines just listened and waited. It is said that Constantine's right-hand man, Sphrantus, turned into prime Babe Ruth and called his shot. Two years ago, he had a dream that on this date, May 28th, that something was going to happen. And similar to a wedding invitation, he said, remember the date. Wow. You got me all hyped up over here. <laughs> got me fired up. I'll tell you, you sound so excited. You sound so excited. This, uh, this might need to be cut out what I'm about to say, but I feel like the last few chapters have just torture. Um, yeah. In the sense that we it's just back and forth praying getting ready for the final onslaught the final onslaught happens but oh wait it's not the final onslaught 
the attackers get suppressed by the defenders once again. Yeah. I feel like that yeah. that's just wall warfare. No, but yeah. the writing the writing of it, like how how he's portraying it, it's like I thought this chapter was gonna be the siege and then it just wasn't. Yeah. And then yeah, it just kept going it kept flipping perspectives. It's like yeah. literally and then it just kept going and the psychological effects were drastic. <laughs> Yeah, to get the final climax, Giustiani. Uh, I I like your uh, reboot, Vandy popped popped a jug jug. I mean, I mean, he had something like sticking inside of him, and then like a like four hours later, he's out there again, like rallying the troops to the to the wall. I, I thought he I thought he fled. I thought he fled. So he flees, He fled later. Yeah, and then when I didn't we in the last summers didn't he say someone say that he. I could have sworn my chapter. Oh, would be that's like, that's ran away. They're unrelated. They're unrelated. <laughs> they're not even like brothers or anything. It was another Justiniani. Oh, there's two of them. <laughs> you gotta know, Jared. This is close. As, as, as you can tell, I'm having trouble comprehending this book. Jared, Jared, how do you not understand it? We'll get to it later, but the part where, where they start talking about like the people escaping and they're talking about they start using all like the sea terms and like the boats and shit again. It was just like I had no idea what was happening again, so I was just Too stupid for this book. <laughs> I understand like the the cannon part where it's like hit wall, boom, people running, <laughs> run inside wall. Like I get that part, and then all of a sudden it's like the ships in the galleys and the the highs and the lows, the tide rising as the men fought in the fustes, and I'm like what is going on? <laughs> but yeah, this this chapter was kind of. Meh. Yeah. I, I get it's needed. Meh. Meh. The meh. meh. <laughs> got it. I think I got lucky with the best chapter here. You probably did. Also, the calling his shot thing, he goes, he says the date was May 28th and nothing happened on May 28th. So actually. Yeah, that, guy, that guy was full of shit, too. That guy, like, yeah, that guy was full of shit for sure. We'll get uh, in the epilogue about Francis, uh, how he feels about his life. He thinks he's full of shit as well. Question for Tyler. Has he ever had a dream of one of us kissing him on the eyes? <laughs> I've. Yes. It's not a dream. It's a reality. <laughs> With that, Christian, you have the floor. Okay. Uh, okay. Chapter 14. The Locked Gates. 1.30 a.m. specifically, May 29th, 1453. By now, there were nine substantial holes in the outer wall of the Mesotachion, which had all been replaced piecemeal by Giustiniani's stockade. The, ramsh <laughs> the, the ramshackle structures that patched up the defenses <laughs> that was a completely butchering of his name is it justin yanni that, that sounded we'll good go with that. all right justin i think Stiniani. we nailed down our pronunciation last episode but i already forgot what what our pronunciation was for us let's call him g all right uh top top g top g's stockade uh the stockade is the ramshackle structure that patched up the defenses 
It was here that the estimated 2,000 remaining Byzantine and Italian troops took up their positions on May 29th. Uh, they would make their final stand. Their final stand would take place here. Uh, the inner walls of this position, there were four entry points. Two posterns by the gates of St. Romanus and Carisius, the fifth military gate, and another unidentified postern. The defenders at the outer wall were locked out of all of these points. They would do or die with their backs to the inner walls. For the Ottomans, preparations were made for an attack by land and sea. Uh, on land, a large number of men would attack the stockade. Uh, Mehmet deciding to deploy these men in ascending order of skill and usefulness. The attack ensued with the irregulars going first. For these men, Mehmet used a very motivating strategy. He placed a line of Chavushes, military police, at their rear and Janissaries behind the Chavushes to club, whip, and even kill any irregulars who fell behind. They could die on one side or the other, for two hours, they wore away at the defenders until their numbers dwindled. There was a moment of pause. Everyone caught their breath. Then the moment came to escalate the conflict. Mehmet now sent his Anatolian troops on the attack. Uh, said this guy is just playing Clash of Clans at this point. This was a group of brave men. There was no need for the extra motivation via hitting it from the back. They pushed on, were repelled, Pushed on, were repelled, pushed on, were repelled, advanced, drew back, advanced, drew back, sprinted, caught their breath, etc., etc. A human pyramid materialized and men scrambled to the top of the stockade, where hand-to-hand -hand fighting ensued. Mehmet screamed from the peanut gallery. An hour before dawn, one of the big cannons smashed a hole through the stockade. 300 Anatolians swept inside, but the hole wasn't big enough to permit a large flood of men. The Anatolians were systematically hacked to pieces. None survived. <laughs> Mehmet rages with blue balls. Uh, in other pockets of fighting, no progress was made. After four hours and at the expense of his irregulars and Anatolians, he grew frustrated. He had only his palace regiments left, some 5,000 crack professionals. Hand-to-hand, -hand, face face-to-face fighting ensued for two hours. The Ottomans faltered. Then two strange moments of fortune struck the Ottomans. Half a mile up the line, an Italian soldier failed to close the circus gate after returning from a raid. Fifty Ottoman soldiers breached the gate and hung the Ottoman standard on some towers. Back at the stockade, Top G was wounded. How is this guy still alive? Uh, this guy got absolutely ripped apart, according to some unconfirmed accounts. I'll read the quote from the book about his wound. Uh, Top G, dressed in the armor of Achilles, falls to the ground in a dozen ways. He is hit on the right leg by an arrow. He is struck in the chest by a crossbow bolt. He is stabbed from below in the belly while struggling on the ramparts. A lead shot passes through the back of his arm and penetrates his breastplate. He is struck in the shoulder by a culverin. He is hit from behind by one of his own side by accident or on purpose. Uh, the most probable version suggests that his upper body armor was punctured by lead shot, a small hole concealing grave internal damage. Uh, once again, fantasy. It was either one way or the other. We're not sure. 
which account is true. It's probably the latter. This caused immediate consternation among the Genoese troops. Genoese troops. Top G requested to be carried back to his ship from his wound, for his wounds to be attended to, but Constantine was unsure. Eventually, the emperor relented, and to his dismay, a number of Genoese Genoese troops took the opportunity to opportunity to flee. After more back and forth, the Ottomans breached the defenses, and thousands of men started to pour into the enclosure. The Janissaries clambered over dead bodies and forced open the fifth mil military gate. They then opened the St. Romanus and the Tarician from the inside. From tower to tower, Ottoman flags fluttered in the wind. Constantinople has fallen. Pain. Rest in peace. It's dead. In memoriam. I think, I've, uh, I think I know who Top G is. You know Scott Sterling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that video like when he just keeps getting like more injured and like that's that's top g i think and he's like saving he's like saving the city like and then as soon as he leaves it's all over i think uh that account is crazy I, th I think i think when you're reading that account you gotta understand the first account that you read is likely what his fellow soldiers wrote about him to make it seem like he died like a hero and the second one is probably what actually happened i mean it's just propaganda that's all it is i mean i it's uh, the first account to me is hilarious because he was still quote unquote wounded and not dead. And this dude is just like going back to his ship with seven wounds in his body. Like, how did no one finish the job? Everyone just gave him like yeah. a little shank in the stomach, but didn't finish the job. I mean, propaganda is a powerful tool. Also, I think we have a nominee for dumbest character ever the guy, the guy at the gate. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll add him really quick. I mean, the guy at the circus gate. He's, he's motor motor moron. Fail, yeah. Failing to close it. I mean, I think the city would have fell no matter what, but forgetting to close a gate when someone's attacking your guy at the gate. <laughs> he wasn't ever named. I. This was like a huge point in the story. Like there was there was a prophecy about the circus gate and and them taking over the city via the circus gate. It really wasn't that impactful of a moment it was just like 50 guys got inside and then hung the flags maybe it sparked extra motivation for the guys or psychological warfare now it was psychological but i think if you, really, if you see your banners on the walls that's like panic mode for everyone because everyone can see it it's just like that's yeah that's what the author had noted for the people inside the city it was like oh fuck we're done i also nominated uh top g for unsung mvp because low-key kind of was until he yeah he was his guy he was kind of goaded yeah the book makes it sound like he was the key to the city's defense and constance or constantine was just kind of like a guy you know which the guy yeah. told him to be the key to the defense yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it's probably that's probably how it was i mean he, he was definitely carrying the boats for the team uh unlike tony ferguson last night that's a reference Christian will get, and maybe three UFC fans will get. But uh, we don't have any of those. This is a book club. Um, any other thoughts on that chapter? Also, just don't have fans. Sure. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, any other thoughts on the chapter? I mean, this is when when those say when it's finally taken. I guess this is the this is the climax. Yeah, I, I was like, very excited to start. Like when I read this, I was very excited for the next chapter to figure out what all these people. Uh, number one, I don't know what pillaging, or I didn't know what pillaging entailed. So I was like, oh God, like what's about to happen? 
and then also i obviously people are going to try to escape so i was excited to read about what people were going to try to do to escape which i guess we find out but yeah it's so i mean like to a part you start to care about the characters at least a little bit and you want to know what happens to them at the end and i think we'll we'll see what happens uh when i read the next two chapters christian you got to say something or I was going to say, as far as the pillaging goes, it's kind of interesting how I come like desensitized to the atrocities that happen because this is in 1453. Yeah, you kind of just, I mean, it's nightmarish for people at the time, but like, obviously, looking back in history, we kind of knew these things happen frequently. So it's. Yeah, I was just like, uh... yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Raping and slavery. That's just mad, a Christian. <laughs> it's like the the girl that they have on display in uh in Pompeii. Yeah. Just her her ash her ashen body is just out there for the world to see. People right. are like, oh, that's a cool attraction. All right. Yeah, that'd be that that suck. Yeah, no. I, yeah. I was not a fan of it. I was there's people taking pictures. I didn't even feel comfortable like pointing my camera in that direction i thought it was weird yeah very strange all right chapter 15 a handful of dust may 29th 6 a.m it's kind of crazy when you look at the timelines because they start this assault at 1 30 a.m and they're within the city gates at 6 a.m i mean the book makes it kind of seem like it's longer than it is but like when you actually read the times it was not that long um, all right, with that, the defense had fallen. Paula and his brothers fought to escape, but Paulo, Paula, that's Paulo, Paulo, sorry, man, I wrote it two different ways. Which one was it? Does anyone remember? No, okay. I don't remember. I'm gonna go with Paulo. That, no, uh, Paulo was killed. His brothers made it back to Giustiani. The Venetians weren't as luckily lucky, they were encircled and captured. The city was chaotic, and the initial moments of invasion were brutal. After weeks of violence and taunting, the attackers were brutal. Uh, sparing almost nobody stood within the city streets. <laughs> you made fun of me last week, bitch. We did the same I thing. I did the same thing. I did the same thing in mine, but caught it before I read it. What did I do? I don't even know. The city was chaotic. Like, the initial moments of invasion were brutal. After weeks of violence and taunting, the attackers were brutal. Oh, uh, okay. My, 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 I didn't even realize. See, it gets you. It gets you yeah, sometimes. It gets you. Yeah, that's me. Um, all right, sparing, sparing almost nobody that stood within the city streets. As morning came, the initial zeal wore away, and the attackers shifted their focus. They now focused on killing off the able men and capturing the youth. Yet, barbaric acts of victory still occurred, including acts of rape, enforced slavery, and mass slaughter. Some other parts of the city used other methods to handle the invaders. In certain areas, they issued a mass surrender. As a result, they were given protection by the sultan. In other parts, they continued to fight. The Italians fleeing to the ships got a stroke of luck. The navy fleet of the Ottomans was so eager to pillage that they largely ignored their sea escape. However, there was an overcrowding issue. Many died in the harbor on overcrowded ships, and some never made it. Those stuck at the sea gates were rounded up and sent away on Ottoman ships. Meanwhile, within the city, Janissaries raced towards St. Sophia. There, great treasures were said to be found. They raced to the city center, encountering valuable artifacts from across the globe including egypt and ancient greece finally they reached the barred door at saint sophia the church had stood for over a thousand years standing as the most important building 
of Byzantium. Now it was flooded with pillaging Ottomans. The men and women inside were largely separated and sold into slavery. From there, the valuables within the church were ransacked, leaving the church a shell of its former glory. For the time being, Mehmet waited outside the walls, waiting for news, which was largely good. The head of Orhan was presented to him, however, he still awaited the head of Constantine. Conflicting stories plagued the story of Constantine after his death. To the Ottoman scholars, the story was that was told that he had been beheaded and his head was presented to Mehmet, who then displayed it on a stake. The Greeks believed he died in battle amongst his fellow men, wearing commoner clothes. Nonetheless, his body was never recovered, and his true story was never determined. Despite the claims at his death, Ottoman scholars did pay him respect, writing, The ruler of Istanbul was brave and asked for no quarter. It was well believed he fought to the emperor's last breath. With large parts of the pillaging clear, Mehmet made his grand entrance into the city, unfurling the green banners of Islam and the red banners that represented his rule. In legend, he turned to his 70 to 80,000 person force and cried out, Halts not conquerors, God be praised, you are the conquerors of Constantinople. At 21, he had cemented his legacy, claiming his name, Faith the Conqueror. Despite the proud moment, he was greeted by a sad Constantinople. It lay in devastation, not just from the purging, which he stopped, but the hundreds of years of deterioration of the Byzantine Empire. He rode to St. Sophia, where he pardoned some Greeks and prayed within the church. With it, Christianity and the Byzantine Empire fell with Constantinople. I guess this is the, the final send-off to the Christian city uh, before it's taken over. I left a picture there. They included it in the book, but it's not in color, so I put it in color. It's kind of a cool painting, but they mentioned that it was a famous painting. Any thoughts on the fall of Constantinople? What would you have done to... If you were one of the people inside, you try to get there, yeah. people. People are like jumping in the wells. People were jumping into the people were jumping in the ships and sinking them somehow, like over too many people in them. I'm trying to find those mines to see if they're still open and going underneath the city. I think would be my my try planned exit. I think you try to get to a sea ship, and then if you can't get on there, then you just hide. Hide. If I'm a commoner, I'm just converting. I'd say Allah, Allah Akbar. Fair. I mean, that's that's a good strategy. Just repent and just say, you know what? I'm, I've actually been a Muslim this whole time. Well, I mean, it's even easy. Uh oh, say it nowadays because uh, I mean, I'm not severely religious. These people were obviously fervently religious, so I think little bit different to uh to convert back back in the day and you're probably shunned by your family if you do so but uh from my 21st century perspective if chicago was taken over by uh aliens aliens sure <laughs> thank you for that say we're talking extraterrestrial <laughs> beings not illegal aliens <laughs> yeah okay Move on. Who else has thoughts? <laughs> I was going to say, people back then would rather die than convert their religion, which is obviously saying something. I think they kind of kind of explains it later on, but like Mehmet was like after the initial siege, he was pretty uh, welcoming to other um, companies as long as they kind of weren't weren't allowed to hold weapons and whatnot. And obviously, there was some pushback from the Islamic side of things because many didn't agree with it, but 
I feel like if you survive the initial pillaging, then you had a decent chance to survive within the city as long as you weren't like by an extremist or, or trying to like attack the the city, I feel like. I think the author made a point to say that Constantinople after uh the siege became a multicultural city where everyone of all backgrounds was accepted. Uh um what do you guys think happened to Constantine's body? Like what what was his final moments? Do you think he died as a commoner? Fled to Argentina. I think he's still I think he's still alive to this day. <laughs> he fled to Argentina, okay. Little little history. I, 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 little history, little history. Look at Kevin. Don't say this guy's wanna, not well versed. You don't want to play me in trivia today. I hope. Firing. Gosh. Wait, why is why is Argentina significant? I'm a little lost on that. You have some World War II knowledge that he must have figured out. Hitler all oh, the, the Nazis. That's where the Nazis fled. Oh, to Chile. It was Argentina. I've Chile. been to. It was South America. I've been to Chile's. <laughs> okay, nice. Uh, I I like to believe Constantine died as a commoner. I think I think he did strip his stuff off and try to hide himself as like a regular person. I don't know if he died on the walls fighting or was like fleeing, but I mean, yeah, I I mean, I think the problem he had was people obviously knew what he looked like, so like anyone that did come in contact with him was probably like, oh shit, like I know him, so like I'm gonna go kill him. So I don't think he lasted very long just because. Some like people knew what he looked like, so like you couldn't. Is that is that the Gutenberg printing press was not created until two hundred years yeah, after? Yeah, I mean, most others. people did not probably know what he looked like, and then plus he was like, I don't think a lot of people in Constantinople knew what he looked like. That is insane to think about. I feel like they had paintings or like currency. Yeah, but they were wanted posters. If he takes off all of his noble gear and like dresses as a commoner it's be very difficult like in battle to identify him we got a yeah. lot of we got a lot of pictures of what Mehmet looks like in this book i don't think there was a single one that showed definitively what constantine looked like and even if it did show that's it, it was probably what he looked like yeah 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 i mean it's interesting i i Shut I like to believe that he died along the walls and like his bot they couldn't identify his body. That makes the most sense to me. Also they just brought him a down with the ship, so respect. They just brought him a random head. Well, I think was Constantine. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or like they just lied. They're like, Oh, we got Constantine, here's his head on the stake. They took a Sharpie and wrote on a piece of tape <laughs> Constantine and put it on his head. And I, was well, yeah. <laughs> also random question so i was trying to do like some research on just mehmet why when i look up mehmet the conqueror every like all the websites and stuff he's called mehmed with a d at the end i think that's Is there any significance i i realized that maybe local local pronunciation maybe i think it's local spelling and local pronunciation is the difference there's different spellings in like is islam versus the western world i know that but gotcha. that could maybe I think I think about the, the the bishop of Kiev, that man pulled off the sneaky escape. Yeah, Kevin was talking about strategies. I think that would be the ultimate strategy, didn't he? He put a Ottoman soldier's garb on. Is that what it was? Yeah, or that, or a commoner's clothes. Took off his like 
uh, I don't know, whatever a priest wears and then the robe or whatever and humped on a ship. And then I think he like swam to the ship and they, he like was able to get let on. I think it was. Okay. I'm thinking of a different guy. I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking I'm, I, there's, there's two guys that escaped. I think they talk about one guy likes. There's some wild, you know, I know what you're talking about. And he got to the ship in like the nick of time, right? When they were starting to head off. I'm thinking of, uh, I don't know if he was an archbishop or priest or what. His name was Isildur. Um, but he put on autumn clothing and he, all right, wait, maybe that's wrong. Is Isidor? I'm getting, gay, like, I'm getting, I was just about to say, it sounds like the Lord of the Rings. It is Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm getting Lord of the Rings mixed up. Uh, <laughs> okay, we'll call him Isildur. He put on Ottoman uh, soldier garments and tried to escape, but they caught him because I think he was like, uh, he was old for the time, 60 or 70 years old. They're like, how's this guy fighting? Uh, so then he eventually paid his way out after they, uh, after they caught him. All right. We got one more chapter. We got, we got some space to cover though. Chapter 16, the present terror of the world, 1453 to 1683. In the aftermath, Mamet was given one fifth of the prizes as ordered for the 30,000 slaves. They were shipped across the Ottoman empire destined for markets. Most of the surviving nobles were killed with a few being shipped back to the West. Mehmet would now focus on making the wrecked city of Constantinople into his capital, renaming it Istanbul. Meanwhile, in the West, they were stunned by the news. The unconquerable city had been destroyed, and they feared what came next. The event would prove pivotal in shaping an anti-Islamic Islamic viewpoint in the West for hundreds of years. Meanwhile, the Muslim world swelled in pride. The news was given a multi-day celebration in Cairo. The event would prove pivotal in the spread of their religion, and they believed it to be an iconic moment in their religious history. Over the coming years, Mehmet would set his sights on Italy, hoping to fuel his ambition for Rome. Despite calls to unite Christendom, they all failed. The religion was too fractured, too secular. In July 18, 1481, Mehmet landed an army of 120,000 in Italy. First, he captured Otranto. I don't know. Otranto. The, the Pope considered fleeing, and the Italians looked on in fear. However, the army was recalled after news came that Mehmet had passed. For the f years following, the two religions would clash, deeply fearing the other. Deep acts of hatred filled both sides. The word Turk became synonymous with terror. In 1536, the Oxford Dictionary would define it as anyone behaving as a barbarian or savage. In 1603, Richard Knowles would label the Turks as the present terror upon the world. While the 200 years following the capture of the city would generate hatred in the West, not all the bases for their complaints were founded. Mehmet took a different approach to re-establishing Istanbul. He resettled Greek Christians and Turkish Muslims within the city. Furthermore, he guaranteed the safety of the Genoese. Genoese. Genoese, man, I just blanked on that. In Gelada, while the citizens were treated equally, Genos. it was... It was a remarkable stance. At the same time, the Jews in Spain like were forced from their home. They settled in the Ottoman Empire, which were lar with largely open arms. Despite Mehmet's attempts at making mul a multicultural city, future leaders would undermine his ambitions, claiming it was against the Prophet's wishes. Despite those attempts, Istanbul or Constantinople would serve as the wonder upon the world, serving as a timeless city that left visitors in awe. Frenchman Pierre uh, 
Giles wrote that while other cities are mortal, this one will remain as long as there are men on Earth. That is our send-off to uh, Constantinople. Uh, any thoughts on... I can read the epilogue really quick. Yeah. If you want me to summarize the epilogue? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah on the epilogue. Uh, yeah, Mehmet gets fat. Uh, has a site set on Asia. Never really gets there. He dies, uh, probably because his son poisoned him, which then leads to a Game of Thrones-like uh, struggle for the for the crown. Um, I think they said that even Mehmet's son, I forget his name, um, was actually killed by his son. So there's some not so uh, liked individuals within the family. Um, basically, in present day. Uh, Istanbul, it's hard to see the Christian relics within the city. It's kind of been washed away over the, uh, the past 400 years. Um, they talk a little bit about some of the other players, um, but there wasn't really anything too interesting to really bring up unless anybody else has anything, but that was kind of the main gist of the, of the epilogue. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Francis comes up. Uh, he ended his days in monasteries on Corfu. He wrote a short, painful chronicle of the events of his life. It starts, I am George Francis, the pitiful first lord of the imperial wardrobe. Presently known by my monastic name, George, I wrote the following account of the offense that occurred during my wretched life. It would have been fine for me not to have been born or to have perished in my childhood. <laughs> Bro was depressed. It was so, so bad. Uh, Bro was going through it. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know, I guess, well, this is a comment before we get to final thoughts and scores, but I, I do like, the one thing I like about this book, it did not overstay its welcome at all. It ended so very promptly, which... Um, books that overstay their welcome have been a big point of contention in this book club, and I think, I mean, the epilogue's only four pages, the last chapter is very quick, so I at least appreciated that. It was like, it told you everything about all the characters and just ended. I was worried after we had four chapters left and it felt like they are about to siege, like, go with the siege. Yeah. I was like, oh no, we're gonna have, like, three chapters of just like, over a hundred years again, how the book started. Cause maybe we'll get to this, I guess. There's right nothing now, right? like when the author, when the author writes like 20 pages in the epilogue, just of his thoughts. Here's what I think about it. You know, that's always the worst. Unless yeah. the only reason that makes sense of it, it's like his, like a memoir or something like that. That's different, but. You know, not. I think if like you read, you read, you, you made something like about, like the eighties, but then now you're writing in the two thousands and if stuff's happened since then, I think that it's okay to write a little bit of a longer one. If there's a lot of details of the scope of the book that's now happened. Yeah. I do wish to that point that we would have gotten a piece about the present day of instant instable. I can't say it. <laughs> Istanbul. I wish we maybe had gone through like the the history from 
83 leaves off to present day and where we stand now. It sounds like you want to read a book on the history of Turkey. Istanbul's in Turkey. Nah, I'm good. I would be interested in in reading about the fall of the Ottoman Empire during World War One. I. I would read War. that. Yeah. But I don't care about Turkey. Or Hungary. Unless you're talking the lunch meat. Well, if you're going to read a World War One book, you have to sort of care about Austria-Hungary. True. Yeah. I was uh, just trying to take a ricochet shot at you. I know. All right, let's 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 dive into thoughts and scores. It's uh, so always a good point of the yeah. book. We'll see where the book lands on the overall list. Uh, let me go to the. Page. Are you pulling up the list so the people can see? Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. We'll just. All right. Uh, I guess I guess I'll go first, and then we'll pass it around. I'll take a turn. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll take a stab at it. Um, all right. So positives, I touched on it. Does not overstay its welcome. This is a short book and I think it's well served. It gets it tells you the story without overbearing you with, with facts. I mean, even we, we complained about the first couple of chapters, but you know, in the grand scheme of things it was only sixty pages or so. So it wasn't wasn't too bad of background information. So I thought pace wise this book was really good. Um content wise Obviously, he's restricted due to everything he's gathering information from is from people's journals and from 1400s, and that stuff gets lost, it gets scattered, and it's a lot of it's propaganda. So uh, this is another one of those books that requires a lot of research, and I, I think he does a good job at presenting both sides. Uh, as I said, I said during the last meeting, I think someone in the, when I was reading bad reviews for this book, they were talking about how I was biased. I never thought that way. I thought he gave both sides their shine. Um, he definitely didn't just cast Mehmet as an evil conqueror. He, he paid him his dues, and he did the same for Constantine. So I thought it was fair on both sides. Um, it's I, I struggled giving a score to this book. Parts of it, uh, I guess, were a little repetitive. Um, there's some parts where it was like, okay, feels like we're going in circles, but I guess that's a siege to a certain extent, so maybe another one of those books that's limited by the contents of what actually happened. Um, I don't know if he gave this its full praise, or if this was less interesting and he was playing it up. It's kind of hard to tell at points what he's doing. Uh, uh, you know what? I I think this, this goes down as one of those books where I'm going to put it right around some other books that I've read. I, I don't think it stands out as one of the better books we've read. I don't think it's one of the more boring books we've read. So, uh, you know, I, I, I have, I've seen my scores in here as seven, two. You were dancing around that score. You're like, well, you know, and I was deciding I like more times. I was deciding between like a seven and a seven, three. And I just was like, I was going to not going to go. I can I go seven two five again? <laughs> Sorry, man. that was ridiculous. No, I thought it. I, I didn't. I didn't like it as much as the escape artist. So no. All right, I can I can hop in and go next. I'll give you the opposite end of the spectrum after Tyler's high, in depth analysis. I'll give you my low, not in depth analysis. <laughs> um, personally, first 
few chapters, basically the first meeting, that whole reading was absolute shambles for my brain. Did not understand what was going on. A lot of history. But I also understand, like Tyler pointed out, that that's probably due to the fact that he was writing this as almost like a scholarly nonfiction. He wanted to have some credibility, so he probably mentioned all that stuff. Uh, But yeah, that first part of the book, did not enjoy it that much. After that, once we started learning about what actually probably did happen, or maybe didn't happen, but the actual story of the book, I actually enjoyed that a lot more than I was expecting. To Tyler's credit, you gotta give the book a chance. Gave the book a chance, and I actually enjoyed it. Um, The siege was really interesting. Like Tyler said, there's some points where we started doing circles of like praying, doing religious stuff, eating, fasting, all this different stuff, just waiting for the actual siege to happen. And then eventually it does happen. But uh, again, we don't know if that's the author doing that or if there just wasn't a lot of content, like Tyler said. And then I thought the ending of the book, I was very glad that it was wrapped up quickly and we didn't go into, uh, we didn't bookend the book with more fact and random stuff for another like 60 to 80 pages. So I was glad he condensed that down into a chapter in the epilogue. Um, going into this book, did not really, did not think I was going to like this. No, nothing. I didn't, I don't even think about the year 1400 ever. Like the furthest back my brain goes is probably like, you know, 1860. Really? It's like, you forget that the 1400s even existed. Cause like, yeah. Um, but I actually did enjoy the story a lot. And it also is pretty impressive if you go to like the end of the book when you look at all the sources and the bibliography from the author there's like so many pages worth of notes and diaries and uh writings that he congregated together to write this so that also is pretty impressive it's able to learn a lot i don't know if i'll ever use this knowledge anywhere but learn some stuff um i will give this book definitely better than the great game god i need to adjust that score um this is tough my ratings all just need to be adjusted i hate i look back at this and i just hate it that's what the next uh that's the pages is for you can list your adjustments because i think this was better than the lost city of the monkey god honestly about why did i rate the last rhino 6.6 i thought it was better than dude i am looking at my score from the last rhinos i I don't know why I decided to change up. Four times. She came out of the blue with the four. <laughs> yes. Now, you guys just now make your scales. To, you guys got to keep your scale. Whatever scale you choose, you just got to make it consistent. That's all. Um, I'm going to give this a 6.7. Vibes. But I, I, think the last rhino, I think the last rhino was better than this. Which I have rated lower, but I think this is better than the Lost City of the Monkey God. So, which I have rated. We'll, the be, same. Ad- we'll be adjusted later on. So what I'm trying to say is it's fucked. But I thought this was a decent book for what I thought it was going to be. The end. I guess I'll go. Oh, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to monkey off what Christian. Uh, Kevin and Tyler have been saying, start off with yeah. the pros. I thought it, uh, thought it was really well researched. I think Crowley does a great job, kind of like Kevin said, finding a bunch of sources in a long time ago 
and kind of coming up with a storyline. It's probably, I can't imagine how difficult that would be. Um, so props to him and kind of creating a story. Um, I think it was well-researched. I thought the siege itself was really interesting. I didn't know a lot about it. I knew about Istanbul and I knew that it fell, did not know the story behind it. So glad I got to learn something new. Um, yeah, I thought like the siege itself and the climax were easily the best parts of this book. I think those are my highlights when I would tell someone about it. Um, I also think that it does a good job of not overstaying its welcome, like uh, the other two alluded to. I think it's good. it's a good thing that it's kind of short and sweet because it can get, for our, my stupid brain, it was hard to understand the first two parts, especially the first two chapters. And I like to think that I'm somewhat well-versed in history. And it was kind of was like, what am I reading? Um, I guess that'll lead into the cons. Um, it was kind of hard to connect with the character, I thought personally, just because I don't fault this to the Crowley, just because. So I didn't really like care as much about like, I wasn't as super invested in like what happened to Mimbet or Constantine. They were just kind of mentioned and it was kind of hard, like we're maybe like Red Notice. They're totally two totally different books where you don't have like, you're really like invested in a character throughout the whole book. I wasn't like super invested in either of the characters. I was interested to see what happened, but it wasn't like, keeping me page turning. And I think that's what maybe, not that I was like holding off on reading this book when we were going through it, but I just was never like, oh, I need to read like the next chapter of 1453. Like it wasn't like pulling me to read every night. Um, but I do think it serves a good purpose. And if you like history, you're gonna enjoy this book, especially world history. There's a lot to learn. Um, so that in mind, I think if I knew a little bit more about the, the time period and like, the history behind it, I would probably have been more interested in it. Um, but yeah, I ended up with a six, seven, similar to Kevin. But uh, I, I enjoyed the last round a little bit more just because I was more interested in the topic. But I do think this is, if you like history, it's a good short and sweet um, story that I think you'd enjoy. So I'm just going to go ahead and piggyback off of what most people said. Uh, I really don't think the book overstayed its welcome. <laughs> I thought I thought it was, I also agree, it was well-paced both in the front end and the back end. I think I was about to fall asleep and then he cut to Momet being born and the start of his rise to power. And then towards the end, we really didn't get all that much about the uh, the after effects and the epilogue. So really good by Crowley there I think knowing what exactly what his readers need um another pro learned a lot of new things um I had no idea about Constantinople and what happened there and the fact that it's current day Istanbul um learned a lot about siege warfare learned about Mehmet learned about Constantine Learned about the culture of the times. I didn't know that everyone was so religiously fanatic uh, back then. Um, learned about uh, Christian secularity. Uh, got some background in, into my own religion uh, and some of the divisions and contrast between uh, different denominations of uh, the Christian church, which I thought was cool. And uh, even some background into current day events, such as Christian and Muslim conflicts, and maybe where uh, that arose from. So 
definitely full of things that uh i didn't know pre previously it's always good to learn uh even maybe when you come into a book like this and you know it's not going to spark your interest that much there's always a few takeaways uh from it uh a few positives uh another pro i with this review with the ultimate score i don't want to shit on crowley i think you all make a good point it is so tremendously difficult to comb through the med medieval manuscripts uh and the multiple libraries that they reside in uh like he did and and to be able to present it into a a cohesive story is very impressive um so shout out to crowley uh cons this is like reading a book in black and white it's like a black and white movie you just know automatically that you're not going to enjoy it as much i think jared you make a really good point and personally you know you're not going to enjoy it as much jared you make a really good point in that you can't connect well with the characters i feel like the colors are great a little bit um just because everything is so disconnected from our present time and you get a lot of probabilities in the sources that are presented and you don't uh you don't you aren't presented with a lot of relatable characteristics uh people back then were much different than they are now i think so um the the pace of the warfare was a little bit slow uh i don't know 21st century i expect everything to be at my fingertips and be fast paced uh just the the constant back and forth uh was a little bit draining at times that's all i have uh i'm really i dug myself into a pit here i think you gotta reverse your scale i think you need to like reevaluate <laughs> I don't know if we need, uh, I don't know if we need to be on a common scale or this this book is worse than the last rhinos in my opinion. Uh I I have the last rhino score at the threes. <laughs> it's not the, the last rhino is not the worst book we've read. I think maybe that goes to the lost <laughs> monkey god. Look at Christian scale. It's all over. Christian needs to, Christian needs to Christian's gonna need to revamp it before. Great, Christian, Christian, what I would recommend, why don't you just rescore the last rhino? And yeah, that's probably your easiest. But... Okay, so this so last rhinos goes to six oh. Okay, there you go. Okay. And then this is a five nine. Okay, there you go. That was good. Good idea. Uh, okay. Working. Yeah, five nine. My first book in the my first book below six re-edited reimagined scale okay perfect well i think it's fair i think our our lowest rated is a 6.5 right now and i think if you look at our scale that we're adhering to on the 20 pages thing that is above average on the scale so i think everything makes sense i don't think we've read a bad book so far to be honest i think every book has had its positives and you know I think we benefit of the doubt. We always pick pick books that are usually above a four on Goodreads, so the likelihood that we actually pick a bad book is very low. Until this wheel.
Okay. okay. I think we. I think. I think we need to reevaluate our score system. I think sixes or sevens are like good books, good parts of books that are just not the full thing. Whereas, like, maybe we have to readjust how our scale is looking at the end of the year, just because I we say the book, like, we, we just use. I we just our, use different adjectives for the way we describe books, and I, it's like I think, amazing books. I think our scale needs books. to be consistent among us, though, because like our total score is like, so because like our total score gets thrown off if we have different scales, you know. So maybe we just need to go through together. Yeah, I, well, they all average out. Yeah. Well, I think looking at the books that are a six average and the sixes, they're good. They're, we think they're good books at parts, but they're not fully good books throughout the whole thing. Is what. I'm trying to say maybe I didn't explain that right, but throughout the entirety of the book, it's not an interesting story to all of us. But there's parts with that that make it interesting. Uh, it's probably another bad explanation. I'm just trying to find ways to. I mean, also, I didn't no, I really read a book before before the endurance. I hadn't read a book in fucking forever, so I was just tossing out numbers. And now that I've congregated a, a small list of books, now I'm starting to think to myself, why the fuck did I rate that that? Yeah, no, that's true. Well, I guess this will lead into our discussion on the pages. Uh, so if you're new here, the pages are our award show. This will be the first running of the pages. Uh, and I guess I quickly run down of what, what to expect on next episode because it won't be a normal episode. Uh, it will just consist of the pages, uh, hopefully to be in person. Uh, but that's to be determined uh, with the holiday. But uh, so what you can expect, uh, a little... Uh, so we have an award. We have what, eight, eight awards, nine awards that we have tabulated. There might be some that are added between now and the pages, but I will quickly run through them uh, along with um, who we have nominated. Again, there still could be some last minute nominations. Uh, so I will quickly read through the awards and the nominations now. The Poor One Out Award. Uh, this is for a character that had died in the reading of the novel. Uh, and the nominations are Bruce Heineke, The Lost City of the Monkey God, Michael Sinclair, Prisoners of the Castle, Sergei Maganeski, Red Notice, and Frankie Campbell, Cinderella Man. It's a heavy list. Uh, then we have Motor Moron of the Year. I think the, the name speaks for itself. This, we is, have this, Stone. Is, this has to be the last award of the night, in my opinion. Yeah, this uh, probably is our most. <laughs> this is our most. Prestigious uh, award. <laughs> yeah. Motor Moron of the Year. We have Elfin's stone the great game lieutenant mac with old read order lee's endurance and the italian guy at the gate 1453 uh meme of the year uh we don't have the final nominations yet but what we will do is we'll go back through our memes we'll look through the, the winners. Year, see which one yeah yeah we'll look through the winners and the people will vote for the top three and we'll pick off that uh we do a worst meme of the year as well i like that yeah we'll do Worst meme of the year as well. That's a good point. Uh, worst meme of the year. Be tab oh, tabulated. Tabulated. Um, and um, then we have book of the year. Uh, basically, we'll go to our highest rated book. So we won't spoil it, but if you listen through us throughout, you probably already know who wins. Um, we have then unsung MVP, maybe a, not a main character, but had a pivotal role in the story. So our nominations are Rudolph Densler, Prisoners of the Castle, James Bigheart and John Palmer, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Gustiani, Gustiniani, <laughs> uh, the G, uh, 1453. Uh, then we have Most Depressing Life. 
Uh, still fielding nominations on that. Fourteen fifty. Uh, Christian, do you want to do you want to see the guy? Do you want to say the guy that who's up for a nomination from fourteen fifty three? I think I think okay, it's just... George George Francis. Yes, George Francis. Yes, he and we will find some other nominations, but that will also be a category. Uh, we have best supporting character, also fielding nominations for that. Um, maybe Molly Burkhart. If she's not the main character, we'll see. I don't just have to decide on that. Um, am I frozen? Yes, you're frozen. We hear you though. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We'll let we'll let him we'll let him reconvene you. Let him cook. Let him cook. Let him cook a little bit. Freeze out. Yeah, you're good. Now. You're good. Okay. You're good. So, best supporting character to be determined, but we'll be we'll list the nominations for that. We have worst chapter. I think this is an underrated category that we have. Uh, nominations probably will add some. Our most ancient companion, Rocket Man. That's the chapter on the moon. That was two pages. <laughs> and then uh, Captain Burnaby's ride to Kiva, the great. Could <laughs> um, have to go back and read these. Yeah, uh, I refuse. We'll decide. We'll decide who gets to to split out and write the winners for each of these. Uh, then we have best picture section, Rocket Man, uh, and Velocity and Monkey God. Yeah, we can go back and add some, but. Honestly, fourteen fifty three could yeah. be a nomination for best picture section. Fourteen fifty three is also on there. I'll include that. So that's a three man race. Endurance. Uh, also going going into that rating for me personally is how the author spaces the pictures in the book. That's fourteen fifty three did a very good job. No sentence breaks and kind of throughout the book. It's a good yep. analysis. Uh, then we have the first person award. Uh, I'm sure we can find some people. To, uh, I mean, we talked about Nazi Germany and we talked about uh, various other evil people. So right under LRA, I'm pretty sure we can find, we can fill that award out. So there's no nominations yet. Well, they got Hitler uh, and Joseph yeah. Um They might all just win. <laughs> Why choose who's the worst? <laughs> who's the best of the worst? Yeah. Then we have competition champion. This will be tabulated around the competitions around the year. I think Kevin might have run away with this from the influx of Pictionary and Scriblio uh, entrance. Um, then we have worst book of the year. This will obviously be our lowest rated book across. Um, this will be after people make their changes though. So we'll see after people make their adjustments, we'll figure out which one was our least favorite book of the year. And then we have most underrated book um, maybe we can look at back throughout our time uh, after we change our scores or adjust our scores, which book may have been a little bit underrated. Um, and we can go back and we'll figure that out as a group. But um, yeah, these are our categories. What we'll probably do is we'll probably release something on our socials. So if anybody actually is listening and is inclined to vote, they will have a chance to vote for the for their, their pick at the winner. I'm not sure how we're going to do that yet, but maybe we'll figure out a way people to vote um but yeah uh besides Stuff. the awards the pages will include uh a section uh, a, a piece where people get to go back and explain some of their adjustments and scores that they made um it'll be a pretty short but can maybe explain why you moved a book up or down at the end of the year um but yeah that kind of explains the pages i'm um, looking forward to it there'll be 
an annual award show. Hopefully, if we continue past year one. What a great! It'll year. be a good, good recap. Maybe we'll have a, a year in review. Maybe someone or ChatGPT can make a year in review of all the books we've read from from Endurance all the way through uh, to 1453. 13 books. So, we read. I was about to say that uh the most books the most book i've read in a single year ever i like sentence like that we read uh four thousand five hundred pages so pretty impressive guys not to get sentimental but almost it's almost been a year since the text that jared sent that said hey fuckers who wants to be in a who wants to read a book with me look where we are now our average our average score is a seven point four. We're educated men now. Yeah, we'll we'll maybe do like a Spotify wrapped for the for the book club, Ooh. maybe. Oh some maybe we can task like one of the members to create some something like that. Maybe Kevin. Kevin's good at that stuff for for the pages and we'll we'll present it on a slideshow. Um but yeah, yeah. it'll be an in person event. Uh if we have any fans that want to show up, maybe we'll have a live audience. It's pay it's pay <laughs> to enter though. Tickets are twenty bucks. And we gotta turn it. We gotta our turn apartment. Yeah. I, 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 I on the couch. I think there may be one guest, maybe, maybe two. It's your and it's your hey. roommate because he lives there. I, don't count out. Don't count out girlfriends. Maybe three. That's what I'm saying. It may just be three girlfriends and cousins. And Brandon, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck? These these nerds doing?" She made nothing. Idiots talking about the fucking you know last night to keep up. Next, next, no, we should do next year. We should have we wear suits. Whoever comes in last for the points uh, for the competition, up the stakes a little bit. Oh, I like that. Okay, that or and or for picking the worst book of the year. Oh, you should watch the worst book. No, the worst book is funny. That doing that incentivizes people. To the score, yeah, 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 maybe not. But I think we should we should include some sort of punishment for the for the lowest at the end of the year, like starting new new slate, starting starting uh next year. We'll restart the competitions and see whoever whoever comes in last will have a won't be a serious punishment. We're 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 never we're never playing Scriblio again. We'll have to just throw it in there. We can't. We have to. We have to wait down. Yeah. Trivia is going back in the. Yeah, we we'll have to rotate trivia back in a little bit more. But uh, yeah, man, we have some good ideas. Oh. Obviously, if you have any ideas to how to improve the listening experience for the book club, we'll obviously listen to that. But um, yeah, that that'll be the pages. Not sure when it's going to happen, but it will be before our next book. So you can expect that in between fourteen fifty three and whatever's coming next. I don't know. I guess that leads to leads to the wheel then. All right. When when we're when we come back, uh, we will have the wheel to decide the first book of twenty twenty four. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, it is the most exciting parts of the third meeting always, which is bringing in the new book. And this next book is going to be started in twenty twenty four. It's going to be our first book in January. Uh, date undecided uh, for the first meeting, but. Um, we're excited. We got 10 books on here. If you haven't been following along, we have been spinning the wheel to decide. Jared's book has been selected. Then my book was selected. So we have left Christian and Kevin for the rotation of the wheel. So they both submitted five books. Uh, so we have 10 books in total. We will spin the wheel. Um, and the last standing book will be the book we are reading. As long as there's not 
a lack of reviews or it's way too long. But I think every book is fine on here. Uh, they both put and then whoever doesn't win. So there's two of those options. Good. Whoever doesn't win gets to basically pick the next book. So gets to pick the wheel. The wheel still has to decide though. Yeah, but I'm saying you can basically choose to the outcome of what type of genre or what yes we want to read next. All right, you have control. I'm gonna read off the books quickly. We will read a tagline once we get to the final three. Once it actually starts getting interesting, but um. The 10 books on the list, well, it's actually nine because they both submitted the same book. So Demon Copperhead is one of the books. Uh, the Road, The Stand, A Thousand Splendid Sons, Cobalt Red, Imagine Me Gone, In the Shadow of Lightning, Fablehaven, and The Wager. Um, I don't, did we mention David that have been on, yeah, that have been on the list before. David Grand is a author we've read. He actually has our highest rated book. Um, so. It'd be interesting if he got selected again. He's also the Barnes and Noble uh, author of the year, so congrats to him. Uh, and also, blurting, I will be blurting that out in the post edit. Uh, we don't, we don't shout out other, other book. He's also, he's probably our author of the year. So, uh, congrats to him. I just declared that. I'd, I'd like to preface the wheel with the fact that me and Kevin really tried to strongly choose all fiction, and we both included one nonfiction book. So I think it would be quite comical if somehow we landed on nonfiction. I think the two why nonfiction did we, why did we leave it up to chance? The two nonfiction books on there are well liked by the group as overall choices. Yeah. So I think it'd be alright. Yeah. Alright. Here we go. First spin of the wheel. Wait, are you sharing this, are you? No. This is a catastrophe. <laughs> alright. You always like to throw a wrench. The first book eliminated is Demon Copperhead. Well, oh, there's, there's still <laughs> one more there, believe you. but uh, Demon Copperhead is the first eliminated. All right. If it goes back to back. The next book eliminated is also Demon Copperhead. It's very close. It's going to be In the Shadow of Lightning, the book I just bought. Uh, so I'm going to have to purchase another book, but it's all right. Um. I'll read that on the side anyways. All right, we're down to eight entries. Uh, the next spin the wheel. Someone make a meme of Tyler and then his side book. Anyone, his side have, a... Book. Anyone have a guess what was just eliminated? Demon, Demon Copperhead. Copperhead. No, A Thousand Splendid Sons is is gone from the list. Okay. Why'd why you give us a guess? Hell Mary. I don't know. I just wanted to throw it out there. All right, seven. Spinning the wheel again and... The next book eliminated. Both fiction books are still available. Is going to be The Stand. The Stand is eliminated. When I first read Christian's list, I thought his was just going to be like The Road, The Stand, The Table, The Coffee Cup. <laughs> the Road, The Witch, The Wardrobe. The Cookie, The Mouse. All right, next bit of the wheel. We are down to six entries. The next book eliminated. It is a nonfiction book off the board. It is The Wager off the board. David Grand will not be reread. Uh, he has been eliminated from the wheel. Uh, Maybe in twenty twenty four. Maybe David. in twenty twenty four. I have a feeling that book is going to be read at some point. I honestly put it on there because my roommate just bought it, and I okay. didn't want to have to buy a book. Okay, well, respect. If Demon Copper wins, how do we determine if it's me or Kevin? This doesn't have to be answered now, but a little bit of parody there's no chance. The hey, no, there's no chance that happens. I I think yeah. I I think I can solve that problem, but we'll see when we get there. 
Well, that just scares me because no, I think I could determine which one was which. Gotcha. You're the one that put it in. I know, but by the way I input the list, I think I could tell which one was Kevin's and which one was uh, Christian's. God, you're good. All right, we're down to five. The wheel is being spun. Well, we don't have to worry about it. Demon Copperhead has been eliminated. <laughs> oh, man. Demon Copperhead has been eliminated. Demon Copperhead's like 0 for 5 on the wheel. I know. It's been on there a lot. All right, I will. There you what go. Looks you guys can see it's going to mess up the presentation of our videos a little bit, but uh, it's worth it. All right, we got four books left. You can tune in on the Discord now. Um, all right, uh, give me a second. You malfunctioning? Yeah, bad. All right, um, all right, malfunction. Okay, we're down to four. Here we go. After this one, we'll read what the books are actually about. All right, Imagine Me Gone was recommended by Kevin's Barber, so if that wins... Oh, and it's going to be a fiction book. It's going to be... It's going to be fiction. We are returning to the fiction genre. Cobalt Red has been eliminated. We may... Knowing our luck, we're going to end up with the book that Kevin's Barber recommended. Should I read the... Should I give a little recap of what that is now? Yes, we're down to the final three, so... Imagine Me Gone. Christian. So I actually... Didn't even look at what this book was about. I just asked him. He gave me Demon Copperhead and Imagine Me Gone. And so I just threw him in there. So this is kind of my first time learning what Imagine Me Gone is about. And it basically sounds like this girl marries a depressed guy. And then there's an unforgettable story. Something about their son and their kids. But it's told from an alternating point of view. So there's five family members and you get each person's point of view. I don't really know what the story's about. but yeah okay wow so interesting uh what about how about the road christian what's the road i'm gonna sound less sarcastic about that um okay the road it's a cormac mccarthy book uh same author who brought us no country for old men and blood meridian uh it's a post-apocalyptic novel uh that details the grueling journey of a father and his young son over a period of several months across a landscape blasted by an specified cataclysm that destroyed industrial civiliz civilization and almost all life. Uh, won the 2007 Pulitzer Prize for fiction. Wow. Okay. Oh, and it was adapted into a film of the same name in 2009, directed by John Hillcoat. All right. Not heard of the movie, but interesting story. Me neither. All right. Gavin and the Fableman. What, Fablehaven, what is that about? Um, I might be on the hot seat. This might be like a middle middle school book. Um, <laughs> it's about kids that go to some maybe their grandparents' cabin or something. It's like a magical. Do we want to do we want to check before we it wins or do you want to? Well, it's we one of the genres is middle grade, and then it says children's after it. But there's no chance it wins. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Okay. Uh. I. So the road, the movie, it has a seven point two on IMBD and a seventy four percent on tomatoes. Watchable potential for dual book movie review. I I think there's a clear favorite here, but we'll we'll, we'll let's 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 spin the wheel because the wheel's just. 
You know what's going to happen, though. Yeah, I know. To redo this whole thing because which is the children's book? Fablehaven. 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 It's not. It's not a children's book. We should save. It's saved. We've been saved. Okay. The wheel is just. It's three hundred fifty-one pages. It's just like a middle schooler could read it. If... All right, we are between Kevin's barber's pick and Christian's pick. <laughs> So no. if you my book in. if my book wins, is it technically my barber winning, and I get to still enter books for no. the next time? Because <laughs> you 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 ended up submitting it. So okay, all right. Hey, we might have a we might have an extra extra listener if the Imagine Me Gone wins. Yeah. Kevin's barber might be able to, to listen. Maybe he'll hop on the pod. All right, <laughs> here we go. Oh, it's gonna be close. It's gonna be close. We are reading the road. The road is our last. Oh my god, <laughs> that was close. We are reading crazy. the road. Um, it sounded pretty good, so I'm excited. We get to watch a movie, so that's always exciting. We got a couple weeks off here, but um, I'm excited. I want to see what it has on Goodreads. You want to pull? Up we got nine nine average. Any 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 book that has a uh, covers crazy wins a Pulitzer Prize. I'm gonna guess it's pretty good. Science fiction, dystopia, post-apocalyptic, horror. Uh, three Goodreads book we've read. Cover sick. Got pulled up for the audience. Let me read it uh, for everyone at home. It's 241 pages, so a quick read. But um, The Road, a searing uh, post-apocalyptic novel destined to become Cormac McCarthy's masterpiece. A father and his son walk alone through... Burned America, nothing moves in the ravaged landscape save the ash on the wind. It is cold enough to crack stones, and when the snow falls, it is gray. The sky is dark. The destination is the coast, although they don't know what, if anything, awaits them there. They have nothing, just a pistol to defend themselves against the lawless bands that stalk the road, the clothes they are wearing, a cart of scavenged food, and each other. The road is the profoundly moving story of a journey it boldly imagines a future in which no hope remains, but in which a father and his son, each the other's world entire, are sustained by love. Awesome in the totality of its vision, it is an unflinching uh, mediation, no, is that meditation, of the worst and best yeah. that we are capable of, ultimate destructiveness, desperate uh, tenacity, and the tenderness that keeps two people alive in the face of total devastation. A lot of big words oh. in there. Yeah, that was nuts. That's the that's crazy. All right, um, I'm excited. I I think I, good switch up. It's always good. We've read a couple of nonfiction books again in a row, so um, probably a worthy switch up. And we'll be back in January, and I'm excited. Any other thoughts? I just scrolled down. Uh, the I'm first excited. Review I saw your... one star. I'm excited for our first fiction book since, and then there were none. We don't have a lot of good fiction representation thus far. That is true. true. We'll have to figure out a way to fix that come 2024. We'll have to. Let me and Christian ways. Well, there's a good chance we start off with two in a row with Kevin's because Kevin's next on the wheel. So yeah, Kevin wants to yeah. keep it up with fiction. He just might. We, Kevin is so control the wheel. It's just a little scary. Theory. We've decided. We've decided. We've learned enough as a group. <laughs> No more learning. Needed. 2023 was for learning. 2024 is for fun. We do need to learn about the Learn about the bedroom. What? 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> do a little romance, romance reading. Uh, uh, I'm good in there. I don't know. You guys. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> so our 14th book and the first book of 2024 will be The Road by Cormac McCarthy, uh, as picked by The Wheel. The Wheel is just. Always I'm looking forward to reading that. I don't know what Tyler's doing, but yeah. Uh, thank you guys for a great 2023, and we'll catch you guys in our next episode. The live, oh, live recorded pages. It won't be live for you guys watching, but unless you want to come to the live viewing, we'll maybe have probably, some details on that. If we, it'll probably be. Yeah. We might rent out the soldier. We might rent out Soldier Field. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the budget includes, but details to follow. Could you imagine 2027? The pages of like the Chicago Theater. That is All right, the All right. Everyone, I hope you guys have a great weekend. <laughs> Peace. See you next week.